generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, so Joshua 14, the Bible says from verse 6. You know what? We have a bit of time, so let's read together from verse 6 all the way to verse 12. Then I'll pick it up from verse 13 to verse 15. Is that cool? Joshua 14, 16 to 12 together. And then I'll take 13 to 15 by myself. So Joshua chapter 14 from verse 6. If you're there, can you say a thunderous amen? amen? I like the sound from over here, but the guys here, they seem like, you know, quiet people. <laughs> can I get an amen from this side? Amen. You know the Bible. Because Jesus said, if a man says, walk a mile with me, go to. So that's what you guys did. It's good to see Sister Lamedy back in the house this morning. It's like all the new people are in that place. Even pray, you're not around last week, were you? Were you around last week? Yeah. So see all the... Joshua 14, let's read together from 6 to 12 on the count of 3 to 1 we read. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the Lord, where your the land rather where your foot has trodden, shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, this 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old, as young, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. Maybe the Lord shall be able to drive as the Lord has said. So don't forget the context now. The first part, it says, you know the word of the Lord. And at the end, it says, as the Lord had said. Verse 13, and Joshua blessed him. Hmm. Let me just mention this. Look at somebody. Say, God will bless you through people. I just feel, am I seeing the person I think I'm seeing? <laughs> Why are you surprising me this morning? Uncle Debbie, it's good to see you. Now, the Lord will bless you through people and sometimes the Lord will bless you through people that you think are your mates. Yes, sir. 
Because I think one of the challenges with some people in our generation is you've not learned to receive from people who used to be on your level, but have now been elevated to another level. Because Joshua and Caleb were sent together, weren't they? Were they not sent to spy the blessing together? But the fact that you see something at the same time does not mean you step into it at the same time. And the fact that somebody has stepped into it does not mean God is spiting you. In fact, the way it works in the kingdom is that God never blesses anybody in the kingdom without thinking of somebody else in the kingdom. So those who are blessed first are not blessed alone for being blessed alone sake. Those who are blessed first are predecessors, examples, forerunners. And if you are envious of the manifestation of God in somebody else's life, you have delayed the expression of the same thing in your own life because it means your heart is not right enough to capture and contain what has been made visible in somebody else. Look at somebody say, stuck into you right now. Some of you didn't look at anybody. Is somebody getting that? Because Joshua and Caleb were sent together. He didn't say, ah, this guy, you don't have anything. It's just time and chance. That is happening to you. I made so Joshua, you want to bless me? Are you okay? So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel, and the name of Hebron formerly was Kerjath Arba, not Idris Elba, Kerjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. Please stand and go to seven people. Slap them the hottest high five you've given in your life till their palms almost bleed and bleed us now bust and lose and tell them the mission is not impossible. Some of you didn't say, some of you aren't saying it. Can I get some help on the keyboard? Slap somebody a palm burning high five. This service is not for quiet people. This service is not for those who are used to being prim and proper and all organized and arranged. This particular service, I laid a foundation in the first service and that was good. But this particular service is for those who are tired of seeing things but not walking into them. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Those who are tired of being around the prophecy, but not walking in the prophecy. Those who are tired of seeing the possibility, but not seizing the possibility. Those who are tired of memorizing scriptures that are not coming to pass in their lives. Those who are tired of jumping and shouting hallelujah, but they have nothing in their exterior world to show for it. This particular service is for somebody who is saying, I've been locked out for too long. I've watched other people get blessed, move in the miraculous, operate in the anointing, possess their possession. What is happening in my life? Who is this service for? Let me know where to focus my energy. Slap somebody a high five. Tell the person this mission is not impossible. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we stir up an anointing of faith in this house. Faith, 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 faith. We release the spirit of faith. I attack every deep seated fear. I attack every deep seated concern, every form of double mindedness, every expression of intimidation, insecurity, low self esteem, uncertainty, yokes and burdens and cares and doubt. I break with the hammer of the word of God the Bible says is my word not like a hammer is it not like a fire like a hammer that breaks rocks in pieces I break the hardness of the hearts of men I break the resistance to the word I break the resistance to prophecy I break the resistance to the dynamic expression of the glory of God I speak to every fallow ground but broken I speak to every heart and mind but healed I speak to every limitation be removed I speak to every cloud be removed I proclaim in the name of Jesus you are entering into your possession you are entering into your inheritance you are entering into your divine allocation you are entering into what God ordained for you you are entering into it no longer will you endure the crumbs from other people's experiences other people's testimonies other people's benevolence other yeah, no longer are you going to endure the cross you are not going to enjoy the crumbs rather in the name of Jesus Christ we blow the limits of your life you are not a spectator in destiny matters you are not a spectator you are not the person by the sidelines watching everybody go in watching everybody get blessed watching everybody in the miraculous you are not a spectator You are not a spectator. 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 Every internal barrier that has caused you to disqualify yourself will remove from you in the name of Jesus. Some of you have barriers in your mind, and as I teach, you will the God, the God of heaven will shatter those barriers. One of the barriers that some of you have is your age. Caleb was 85. Some of you are like, I'm already 32. I'm already 27. I'm already 45. Caleb was 85. But the call of destiny on the inside of him said, give me this mountain. There is still a longing. The way you will know it's prophetic is that no matter how many times you try to forget it, to shut it down, to cut it off, it keeps popping up in your spirit. Barriers be broken, gates be open, doors be unlocked. Walk in your prophetic purpose. We release the spirit of faith of other house. We release the spirit of faith of other house. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. High five somebody. Tell him the mission is not impossible. 
You may see that we started a new series, first service this morning, and we started talking about the importance of understanding the kind of mission we're talking about. Now, this mission we're talking about is not some haphazard personal ambition and personal drive to get things done, no matter who gets hurt and destroyed and all of that, but it's a mission that God has. It's God's mission. It's God's overall agenda, and that's to extend the influence of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, that all the other goals, dreams, ambitions, targets that you have must be rooted in that mission. That that mission is not from this world. That mission is from another world. Just as, as the kingdom of Christ is not of this world, but it's from another world. It's of another world. But I didn't get to define what a mission was in first service. So let me just give you a couple of definitions of what a mission is. Some of us already know anyway. So a mission is an important task or duty. An important task or duty. An assignment that is specifically allotted or designated to somebody. A mission is an assignment, it's a task, a specific duty that is given to somebody else, that is specifically given to a particular person, right? Which means that it's not just a free-for-all kind of thing. Missions are generally specific. There's specificity in missions. So it could also be an important goal or purpose that is accompanied by strong conviction. Accompanied by strong conviction. So there's a difference between a passion and a mission. There's a difference between a mission and a hobby. So a mission is not a hobby. Uh, a hobby you can do when you feel like, a hobby you can do as it comes, a hobby you can do because the resources are there or you know, maybe you have the hobby of playing football, the ball is there and then you play, right? What it actually also means is that hobbies can distract you from your mission. It also even means that passion can distract you from your mission, right? So passion is supposed to feel the mission, not replace it. And I taught you before that you can't follow your heart. So follow your heart, follow your heart. That's the new age expression. Follow your heart. You can't follow your heart. Because the Bible says many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord tests them. Yeah. The Lord will not need to test the plans of a man's heart if all of them were already authentic. Yeah. Right? Of course, Jeremiah tells us the heart of man is desperately wicked. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know? It says the Lord searches the heart and tests it. To give out according to each one the fruit of his doing. So it's not a passion, it's not a hobby, it's an important task that is accompanied with a strong conviction. A mission also means the sending of someone for a special duty. Sending somebody for a special duty. A mission can also mean a group or committee of persons sent to a foreign country to conduct negotiations, establish relations, provide scientific or technical research or some other function of that degree of sophistication. So the general idea is that a mission talks about an assignment, a designated responsibility, something that a particular person is called to do or accomplish. It can be an operational task, it can be a task that has to do with intervention, it can, do, uh, it can be a, a task that is specialized and technical, but it's a specific assignment. And here is the deal, every child of God is on a mission. So we have that mission, the overall mission, which is extend the kingdom of God as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. There are three major parts of that mission. A relationship with Christ, a relationship with God through Christ, number one. Number two, representing the interests, uh, the values 
uh, reproducing that in the different spaces of the earth. And number three, reflecting his glory by the demonstration of his power. Those are the three major things. Now, in that big mission, there are now micro missions, if you will. So, for example, if we say that we want to build a house, if the mission uh, that we have here is to build a physical building, are we going to have micro missions or not, or tasks or not? Yeah. We're going to have, yeah, like, specialized, like what? Painters, the person who's going to buy the land, the person who's going to verify the authenticity of the land. Pardon? Bricklayers, drillers, give us some more. Plumbers, architects, carpenters. You guys have gone quiet. It's good to see you as your friend. Electrician, right? Interior decorators, singers to sing so as they're working, they'll be. right we're going to need all those different things that is what explains the differences in our individual assignments as believers so the carpenter is not supposed to say okay there's already a bricklayer here let me go and set up my carpentry shop elsewhere but if you're a carpenter in the body of christ you're still supposed to be building the same body of christ make sense if you're a painter, you're not supposed to say, oh, well, I'm not needed here. Or maybe there's even wallpaper they will use. They don't need paint. No. There's going to be a part of that building. People, if you have wallpaper in your house, you don't have it in every room. Right? Do you have it in your toilet or your store? Even outside the building, will you have wallpaper outside? Look at somebody say, we need your gift. Look at that person say, we need your expression. There is a chance that sometimes you may feel somewhat irrelevant and that's just because we haven't gone into the path of the construction where your gift is required. So the fact that you're not being called to the project right now does not mean you're useless. This is true of local churches. This is also true of movements in the body of Christ. And that's why whenever God is using somebody powerfully or a ministry powerfully, don't get bitter and envious and jealous and speak against it because you disqualify yourself from furthering that work at the time when the work will reach the level where your gift is what's required. Is somebody understanding this? So in the mission that God has, there are also specific assignments. There are also specific things that God wants individuals to do. Now those specific assignments are usually tailored to your personality. Your personality, your uniqueness, your gifts. Not just your identity in Christ, but the personality that you have as Victor, as David. What unifies all of us is identity in Christ. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, same God, one God above us all. But our expressions are different. There is a difference, clear difference between John the Beloved and Paul the Apostle. John Beloved is the intimate, cuddly, cuddly, lean on the bosom of Jesus Christ. Folks will be wondering, Kilo Shelley, go on, go on. What do you say? DBB. So does it mean? Oh. BBBs. Right? Talking about personality types. Right? So th th that's John. But Paul is a different kind of person. He's more driven and task oriented. 
The problem is all of us cannot be bosom, bosom, attractional, bosom, bosom people. Because if all of us are bosom, bosom, bosom people, we will love fellowship but we won't evangelize that much. We want to keep it cozy. Let's keep it close, intimate. But we need some people to go out there. And if all of us are already out there in our personality and we are boisterous and we gather the people, the same passion with which we used to gather them, we used to scatter them. Because for us, things have to be moving. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? So they've come and said, why are you sitting? How many of you have parents like that? They don't like, oh, you're just sitting now. What are you doing? Get up. Look at somebody say, you have a mission. Tell the person you are in a mission with a mission for the mission. Say it better with understanding. You are in a mission with a mission for the mission. So no individual believer is supposed to have another extra biblical mission. Like, oh, you guys have never seen this. The move of God, the third wave. We have the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Me Testament. I will testify of Christ. In a way, the things that God will use me to do, they're not in the Bible. In fact, by the time I'm done, they will write another Bible. <laughs> That's not entered. But the same passage says the Holy Spirit has revealed. <laughs> right? So there's a mission. And so we talked about the six major parts of the Bible, of God's mission. In the Bible, we see the first part is the creation. The second part is the fall. The third part is the dealings of God with Israel. The fourth part is Jesus the Messiah. The fifth part is the church. The sixth part is the new creation. Now, even though all of those parts are to express the fullness of God's kingdom, for each of those seasons, there was a unique thing that God was doing. So in timelines, there are time zones for specific deliverables. That's why Jesus was not born after Moses, immediately after Moses. Because the fulfillment of the prophecy or the alignment of the prophecies were not yet set. Zechariah had not prophesied, I see your, your king riding upon a horse or upon a donkey. That would come later. It had not been put in motion. David had not come. David was supposed to be a representation of the kingdom dimension on earth. So if after Moses, Jesus came, we wouldn't understand the fullness. The reason some of you have not come into manifestation is that some things need to go before you. Some things need to be aligned before you. Some things need to be a precursor to your divine mission. So, in timelines, there are different things God is doing. One, number two, in geographical spaces, there are different things God is doing. So God always picks a portion of a place and he raises people in that place to extend the influence. Similarly, he picks a people and then he proliferates through the people. So he picks the Garden of Eden, cultivate the earth. Of course, we know what happened with that. After Adam fell, then he picks another man. He has to find somebody else. He picks Abraham, right? And after the what happens, the next people to our person in that plan is Moses, right? And it brings Israel out of... He does not use the whole of Egypt. He picks the people. 
out of Egypt. This will let you understand that whenever God blesses you, it's not so you can outshine other people. It's so you can understand that you are the person he has picked to promote the full agenda so that others can see you as a witness to what God is going to do in their own lives. This is why those who get promoted and they hurt everybody else, that's not the spirit of God. Said in blessing Abraham, I will bless you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It also means when you see somebody who's been blessed, the person is bearing witness to the power, grace, favor, and wisdom of God. And so finally, we find God dealing with Israel, and that's the people that he has picked out of the earth to manifest his goodness to. Now, what's the promise to Israel? I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to go into captivity for a while. After 400 years, you're going to come out. You're going to inherit a place, a land that is flowing with it's not talking about pig milk, even though there were many pigs in that land. It's talking about mountains. And so when they come out of Israel and they see the place, or rather out of Egypt, and they see the place, Moses doesn't send everybody to Egypt to go and spy, rather, send everybody to the promised land to go and spy the promised land. How many people does it send? 12, that is what? A representation. This will help you understand why it is that whenever God is showing you something, not every part of your body sees it first. God shows you something. Your spirit sees it. Your mind is doubting. Someone needs to understand this. I explained first of all, so Israel, water, Galilee, it's not about Israel. It's about the pattern of God. It's about the purpose of God. It's about the agenda of God. So when you read your Bible, don't just read it in terms of Israel. Read it in terms of the purpose of God. So when God wants to show a body in the Bible, Israel, the purposes of God, not the entire body gets it. It's a representation that gets it. It's a representation that gets it. It's a representation that gets it. This should help you deal with doubt when it comes. Because if God has released a promise to you and a part of you is struggling with it, you have enough spies. To push it. And I'll show you from the word in Joshua chapter 14, what we read earlier. It said that Moses sent spies. Verse 6. You know the word, the second part of verse 6. You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. What does it mean to spy out? It means to capture the vision or the picture of a place by stealth. That means it's not apparent to everybody else. So the first phase of God's assignment or mission for your life will not be apparent to everybody else. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to encourage somebody that don't blame people around you who don't understand the mission God has given to you. Do you know why? Because when God first showed you, not every part of your own body agreed with it first. 
talking to those who have a mission this morning. A mission in God's mission. For the mission of God. It said that Moses said, spy out the land. The thing the Lord said unto me, 40 years was I, and went sent me to uh, Kadesh Barnea to spy out, old English, a spy out the land. To spy out the land. Can I just talk to somebody? Can you give yourself permission to spy out the land? Because for some of you, at the first glimpse of the prophetic purpose, you turn your eyes away. It's too glorious for me. It's not for people like me. It's too much for me. It's too big. How can I be somebody's mentor? When I still have a tormentor. Look at someone that says, spy out the land. Look at someone that says, spy out the land. What does it mean to spy out the land? Give yourself permission to see something that looks like it's a far off. Give yourself permission to see something that has no representation in your history. Because they were slaves and they were bound and they were property owned by somebody else. So they were not supposed to dream. They were not supposed to be big. They were not supposed to be large. But is there anybody right now who's giving themselves permission to spy into something that your father never walked in, that your mother never stepped into, that your brother I've never seen that your environment would talk you down about have I got any spies in the land who are saying to themselves it does not matter that I didn't graduate from university it does not matter that I'm the last child I'm an important member in the mission of God who is that person who's been seeing flashes and pictures and images and things in your mind and it looks like it will never happen give yourself permission to spy Oh my God. I really want to pray to people who have a mission. If you don't have a mission, please keep on sitting down with your arms folded because that's a sign of those who don't have a mission. But if you know there is a big assignment on your life, you know there is a big assignment, somebody shout, I'm going to spy out the land. Some of you, your dreams have died. Your hopes have waned. Your possibilities are shrinking because you've not given yourself the permission to spy out the land. God knew that he couldn't send everybody in there. Not everybody is going to get initially. Some people need to see people that they know who have gotten it for their faith to be active. But there are some people who are like, I've never seen it before in my family, but I'm walking into it. I've never heard about it before on my street, but I'm walking into it. I've never seen anybody move in it but I'm walking into it if it's you go to seven people tell them spy out the land 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 spy the land don't just sit down there and say nothing good is going to work in my life there's got to be somebody who says I'm spying out spying the land Spy in the land. You do it by stealth. In other words, in your humanity, you don't have what it takes. But God was the one who spoke to Moses. The Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning Caleb and Joshua. The way prophecy works is that somebody else hears it before you hear it. That's why where you are is important for your destiny. Because if you're in a place where nobody's hearing anything that God is saying concerning your life, if you're in that kind of place, you will be stuck and delayed on your journey. Who could have imagined 
that a mountain was hidden behind the prophecy. Not a mountain to be an obstacle, but a mountain for possession. Look at somebody say, don't joke with a prophetic word. That's why some of you, when you come to the house, you just sit down there like I'm speaking a, a nice little sermon. This is not a li nice little sermon. This is for those who believe in a prophetic word. When I say spy out the land, the reason some of you will be invited into certain places is that God wants to give you a preview of your future. He has to do it. Do you know why? Because for years they had been conditioned into poverty. And let me tell you, many Africans, including those who have money, cash, they are still mentally poor. That's why they steal money. Because someone who's rich does not need to steal if you're rich in your mind. But when you're poor in your mind, even when there's cash in your hand, you still be stealing. Because poverty strips you of your consciousness of your personal ability. Look at someone say, I'm spying out the land. If all you see is what you grew up in, you are not seen through the eyes of God. If all that flashes as a picture in your mind is something from your past, you're not walking in the power of prophecy. So they had seen Egypt, but God wanted to show them something else. You know, Egypt had many things. Please be seated. Egypt had many things, they had chariots. They had some gold, they had some silver and all. But Egypt didn't have the kind of walls that Jericho had. <laughs> and many times you think you've seen it all until God opens your eyes with the power of prophecy. And all of a sudden you start seeing things you never thought existed. And that's why the first thing that God dealt with when they got into Jericho was the walls. In other words, God dealt with the most impressive... God dealt with the most impressive thing that Jericho had so that they could see that if I could deal with the biggest thing, I could break the wall, I give you all things. It's the same picture of salvation. God taught the wall of partition. And Paul says, if God will not spare us his son, how much more? If God taught down the walls of Jericho, he can give you the golden Jericho. If God tore down the walls of sin and iniquity and separation and segregation in Christ, he will give you all things that you need for your mission. High five yourself since your neighbor doesn't want to talk to you and say, God has given me all that I need for the mission. Spy the land. When you pray, don't just pray in Jesus' name, I pray, go. Let God paint pictures on your heart. Let God paint pictures on your heart. You know, because a lot of us, we think that God gives us stuff by giving us stuff. He doesn't give us stuff by giving us stuff. He gives us stuff by giving us revelation, by giving us instructions, by giving us opportunities. That's how God gives us stuff. He doesn't give you stuff. If he gives you this, that means you are the recipient of the lowest level of that value chain. Because the material representation is the lowest expression in the spiritual realm. It's the lowest. That's why Jesus was saying, that don't worry yourself about what you wear, what you drink and all. Do you know why you were born with all those things? Yeah. And when you leave, you're going to leave here with all those, those things. So he's saying the material realm is the lowest in the cater of value creation. 
That's also why after he took them into Jericho, do you remember? And tell him what he said. He said, don't touch anything there. He said, I want you to destroy everything. So that means that you've not really understood the power of prophecy until you move from material possession to territory. All that God kept saying to them, he didn't say, I'm giving you the gold in the land. He said, I'm giving you the land. Because once you have the land, you will find the gold. You will find the silver. You will find the bauxite. You will be able to grow harvest upon harvest upon harvest. But we have a lot of believers who just want a cob of corn, but don't want to till the ground. And if all you have is what is already released above the ground, you never find the gold beneath the surface. So that's the word, the word of God. He says, God sent me to spy out the land. And in the land, they saw creeps and saw built cities. And they saw things they hadn't seen before. I'm praying in this season that God will show you things you haven't seen before. That amen is paralytic. The God will show you what you haven't seen before. May the oil of God's spirit cause enlightenment in your eyes. So that you will see what you haven't seen before. Whilst people were saving money and praying, God, 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 I want to be able to buy like 20 cars so I can have a car business. Somebody got the, the idea of an app. And it became Uber. An app. He does not need to own the cars is an app it's an app an app you can't even hold an app in your hand are you understanding do you know that some of the wealthiest people on earth right now their wealth is not connected to things you can hold in your hand that means they're already tapping into deeper frontiers of wealth creation than many believers are because the believer wants something physical in his hand and it's ironic because the most precious thing the believer has he cannot hold it salvation so why does he doubt the power of God when he cannot hold anything physical? Are you understanding this? So here, God gave them the land, the tribes, the divine, the inheritance and all of that. And that's where many believers are. God, I'm saved. You've given us territory. You've given us the land. And that's okay. But at the end of his life, toward the end of his life, Caleb remembered the prophecy concerning his life so in God's grand mission there are submissions or micro missions and for all those micro missions there are rewards Jesus made it clear he said that those of you who follow me you will reign with me you will sit on thrones and that you will rule the 12 tribes of Israel but he also said for those who have given up stuff for me what does he say he said you will reap a hundredfold in the age to come and where this life so every mission that God gives you has a reward here has a reward here so apart from the generic time zone timelines there are also rewards that are tied to timelines in your life there are also rewards that are tied to the space and the territory that you work in and everybody was sorted the tribes and all of them were sorted but Caleb came to Joshua and said I remember the prophecy can I propose to you that the seasons of your life don't change until you connect with the prophecy God gave concerning those seasons? 
they don't change. You'll be doing the same thing. You'll be doing the same thing. Saul will keep looking for donkeys until he encounters the prophetic. In fact, Jesus is not going to walk into the fulfillment of his purpose until, number one, Luke 4, he picks up the scroll and he says, today is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I agree with the prophecy. And it does not become public to everybody until John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The church does not enter into the new age, is not fully consecrated on breath, until Peter said, as is written in the book of Joel, I will pour out my spirit. So prophecies are the milestones that launch you deeper into divine mission. So you go back to the prophecy. And you hold it up to Christ in the place of prayer. To God in the place of prayer. And say, God, this is what your word says. Now what do you do when you don't have a specific or personal prophecy? The whole Bible is a book of prophecy. You're going to take the promises of the word of God. If there's a sickness in your body. And say, by his was wounded for my transgressions. Bruised for my iniquities. If the chastisement for my peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes I am made free. That what I am made whole. What that means is you're taking the prophetic word that is written. And you're speaking it over your life i proclaim concerning somebody who has been stuck you have sowed seeds but you're still stuck you have prayed hard but you're still stuck you have gone around but you're still stuck in this moment at the release of the prophetic word i proclaim your release that amen does not sound like a caris faith i proclaim your release in the name of jesus so 40 years old was i how old is he now 85 years the prophecy that he had was older than almost all of us in this room and some of you are complaining but God you said two years ago I'll give you the seven steps that you need to check if it looks like a mission is impossible in your life please understand something about Caleb was Joshua please help me understand this was Joshua there when Moses spoke the prophecy was he there he said it it said, remember the word of the Lord concerning my life. In other words, Joshua, you remember. You're a witness. Even those who hear your prophecy for you will not fulfill them for you. Just let us sing. Did Joshua hear the prophecy? Was Joshua fulfilling his own prophecy? What I'm saying is even though God has called us to a whole mission together, your portion of the assignment is your responsibility. This is not a parkboyistic inheritance. So there is the eternal inheritance which we have in Christ, but then the Bible talks about the riches of the inheritance in the saints, right? Now how does that also work? It works in, administ in administering your unique ministry, in other words, there are inheritances that are connected to your unique ministry. So for example, Paul said, as the gospel to the Jews was given to who? Peter! Now, did God say to Paul that you be a witness between, before kings, Jews, and Gentiles? So Paul knew they had a mission to the Jews, but by inheritance, Kalatus there are some things that are yours 
in the body of Christ. In other words, many people might be doing it, but nobody will be able to do it with the intensity, the brilliance. That Who am I preaching to this morning? I, I need to speak to somebody who's drinking what I'm saying. In other words, God, Enoch, there are some things that are yours by divine allotment for you in Christ, even though we're all in Christ. Jesus understood what the earthly outworking of his own inheritance would be. He said, I am not called in this season, but to the lost sheep. So when we say nothing is impossible, there's context to it. Because a lot of people are frustrated themselves trying to make possible what God has not made possible. Not because God is wicked, but because it's not supposed to be possible based on the calling on your life. Oh my God. Revelation, right? I'll show you scripture for it. Everything is possible. I can do all things. Context. What have you been called to do? Notice the context of Joshua. Joshua is 85. 85 year olds are not supposed to be strong enough to climb mountains. But your prophecy will keep you strong enough for its possession. Moses, brother, Caleb didn't just go to Joshua. Sentimental, uh, Joshua now. They sent both of us together now. Where's my own? Now, was this whole land for Israel or not? But Caleb was asking that there is something God promised me in the body of Christ. There's a specific allocation I have. I'm not a spectator in matters of destiny. I'm not a professional celebrator. They were like celebrator. Celebrator. Look at somebody. Look at somebody. Say there is something God has for you. I want to say louder. There is something that God has for you. He didn't just go on sentiments because some of us, our prayers are driven by sentiments. He went by prophecy. In fact, prayer has not started until the will of God is known. (laughs) He said, give me this mountain. He was specific with the mountain. Give me this mountain. Because your mission is going to let you know who you are called to. Lebacos in the Yaba. He's going to make it very clear. It's not maybe one of this. Consider one. He said, I know who I'm called to raise. I'm called to raise kings. You see, that's why I'm not sent to everybody. If Jesus put it this way, he says, if you don't hear me, it's because I'm not sent to you. So no matter how eloquent you are, some people will never understand you. Because you're not called to them. But I proclaim concern everybody I'm sent to in this house. By the spirit of God. In this moment let there be a release of wisdom and revelation. For you to identify the mountains God has called you to. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shall give me this mountain. I didn't say say that. I said shall give me this mountain. 
it may look big it may look high it may look strong it may look defiant but if it's mine I'm taking it if it's mine I'm possessing it if it's mine I'm walking in it if it's mine I'm gonna step on it it does not matter how old I am somebody under the sound of my voice you feel like you've run out of time like time has passed you by but I will tell you why time has not passed you by no matter how old you are you cannot be older than the prophecy concerning your life and even though Caleb is 85 the promise is thousands of years old and the later part of it is 430 years old that means no matter how old you are you are still younger than the prophecy God is gonna give you speed in your feet you will overcome you will overtake you will overrun you will catch up you will move in the name of Jesus somebody shout yeah 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 yes go to three but tell them give me this mountain I'm taking this mountain I'm taking this mountain I'm taking this mountain what God has in mind for me what God has delivered for me what God has spoken concerning me I'm taking it 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 I'm taking this mountain I'm seizing my portion I'm taking my territory I'm walking in my anointing I'm walking in my prophecy I'm walking in the will of God concerning my life it does not matter who is not activating the prophecy for me I will activate this prophecy Joshua I see you walking in your purpose I'm also going to walk in my purpose I celebrate you I will settle under your teaching I will be under your blessing God I want this mountain give me this mountain give me this mountain everything that God has for you receive it receive it receive it receive it there were seven things John the Kabaya let me give you an example of inheritance is Paul the only person that was faithful why are two thirds of the New Testament written by Paul inheritance there are certain things you cannot argue with inheritance but the fact that you have it does not mean you will claim it that mountain was Caleb's, but he was never going to possess it until he spoke. Don't take me slow, please. I'm not yet at that. So, nevertheless, my brother went up with me. The people that went up with me that spied it, what did they do? They made the heart of the people melt. In other words, they made people afraid. Because they saw something they had never seen before. They said, those people, they are big, they are giants. They said, well, I grasshoppers to them. Now, that was a big lie. You know why? They didn't even converse with them. So they caged themselves in their own minds. They went to spy people in the promised land. A spy the promised land. And they were reporting to their people that we looked like grasshoppers to them. How did they know they did not converse with them. But they concluded based on the way they saw themselves that that's the way people were seeing them. Some of you 
You think people are saying you are small. When they are saying you are big. Because we project our inner world on people. Some of you think certain people don't like you because you are struggling to like yourself. Some of you even think I don't like you. You'll be surprised as friendly as jovial as I am. Some people just have the idea that doesn't really like me. It's because of the way you are seeing yourself. So how can you change the inner world? Watch this. If the external world was not strong enough to change the way they were seeing themselves, it means that the superior way of changing your inner world is not exposure, but a reflection of the light of God from the inside. Is that those people, all they could do was to make the people melt. Do you know why? Molten people melt people. Scared people scare people. <laughs> Weak people weaken people. Hurting people hurt people. Broken people break people. Disorganized people disorganized. Envious people. Bitter people become bitter lemon. Look at your neighbor. Say, I see something. Says the mid that be you. But I, I wholly followed the Lord. Do you know what he was saying here? That those people that saw that thing, instead of following divine instruction to spy the land, whilst they were looking at the land, they were seeing something else in their minds. Is that I wholly followed the Lord. And now at 85. I'm saying, give me this mountain. No matter how old you are, you are not too old for your prophecy. No matter how young you are, you are not too young for the prophetic manifestation allocated to you in this season. Manasseh was 11, Joash was 8, David was about 17, Mary was about 17, Joseph was about 7. I proclaim concerning somebody under the sound of my voice that the lost time, lost years, lost opportunities because you were intimidated and tired and weak and frustrated in your mind, you receive a restoration right now. Somebody shout, I possess my mountain. Caleb belonged to a tribe. But he was saying, I'm not looking for a tribal blessing now. There's a place in this tribe with my name on it. With my name on it. And he knew it was not impossible. He said, I'm still as strong now as I was then. Let me quickly give you those seven things quickly. Number one, whenever you say something is impossible, one of the things you're saying is that you don't know if it's available. You call certain things impossible because they've not been made available in the circumference of your exposure. How many of you never knew that there were doors that didn't need keys to open until you went to a hotel and as you moved close to the door, the doors opened by themselves. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Some of you still don't know. You're like, ah, which door is he talking about? And you're looking for the key. But it's said to somebody, oh, thank God, your name is Ayo. Kokoro Ayo. Some of you 
But some people are still scared to use the escalator. So many times when God speaks to people or when you say certain things to certain people and they say it's impossible, it's because they don't know it's available. Whenever you tend to think that something is impossible, the first thing you want to ask is, am I convinced that it's been made available? Is healing made available in Christ? Trust me, some believers will argue with you that there's nothing like the ministry of healing today. Some people argue that. Some people argue that God doesn't speak. And they're believers. You know why? Because the inheritance you can walk in is the inheritance you are convinced is available. That's why Paul says in Acts 20, 28, I came to you with the whole counsel of God's word. In other words, some people have partial understanding of the possibilities in God. Whenever you tempt to say it's not possible, you're saying it's not available. It's not available. Now, you might be right in that. It might not be available in your current space or your current realm, but it does not mean it's impossible. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures so that we can have biblical context for this. Matthew chapter 19, 23 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, back then in Egypt, yes, there. Back then in Israel, rather, people just felt like rich men could do almost anything. They felt like riches were the blessings directly, complete the blessings of God, and that if a rich man was rich, he will be able to pay his way, do his way, do good works, you know, to poor people, and God will accept him and all of that. You understand now, based on the next verse, it says, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, and again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, there's been a debate about this. Some people say that the eye of a needle speaks about a certain gate uh, in Jerusalem, where, certain, uh, where the camels could enter, but for them to enter, they had to crouch on all fours if they were carrying stuff, because camels used to carry things. If we went out of the city, they didn't go for a, a leisure trip, right? They would have to crouch entirely, and then have to push them in. I mean, it makes sense. But you know what I, what I believe? Even if it literally means the eye of a needle. Hmm? He said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Even if it means a literal eye of a needle, it means that for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God is going to require a supernatural miracle. Right? Because how can a camel pass through the eye of a needle? It can't happen logically. Okay? Which also means is the same thing. For you to enter the kingdom of God is not a logical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a miracle. You have to be born again. Right, so that's the argument is not whether it's a door, whether it's a window. It's going to require a miracle. And it's going to require extra dependency on the work of Christ. The richer you are, not to put your heart in uncertain riches, but to put your trust in God. So when his disciples heard it, they were greatly surprised, astonished, saying, Who then? That's why they asked this question, because they felt rich people could do, you know, afford stuff. So they said, Who then 
can be saved. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this, what's it talking about here? What's that this? What's it talking about there? I want people at the back. What's it talking about? Salvation. So it's saying, with men, salvation is not possible. As in men and men, they can't save themselves. But with God, what's possible? Why is he using salvation? Because salvation is the toughest work to do. That has to be seated in your spirit. Provision is easier than salvation. Healing is easier than salvation. I'll tell you why. One of the things is this. Healing is by the gift of miracles, isn't it? It's a gift. Salvation, somebody has to die. Not just somebody. A pure person. Who's never... That means there's only one person that could foot that bill, if you will, and that's God became the person. So that, that's really tough. So Jesus is saying the premise of salvation and the fact that even rich people can be saved, then nothing is impossible. Somebody say nothing is impossible. Matthew 17 verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, they were asking why couldn't we cast out the demon? They had a case with a child. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And what will happen? Matthew 17, 20. And it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Can I propose to somebody that your faith will never grow until you face mountains that look impossible to move? And maybe the reason some of you cannot even resonate with a message like this is that you're not looking for something great or big. So in your mind, you're like, oh, this one I'm asking for, just give me money. Listen to first of this message, you understand why, why I'm thinking about money is an insult to the finished work of Christ on the inside of you. That's like buying a Mac computer and all you want to do is one plus one. Yeah. It's like buying an iPhone and all you want to play is Candy Crush. You can install it on it, but that's not the purpose of it. The Lord can bless you with material stuff, but that's not the blessing. It's like buying a car and the only reason you want to buy the car is to leave tire marks on the sand on your street. I, I left an impression in the sands of time. I'm telling you. It's the least of it. As in, you don't need the blood of Jesus to be rich. The blood of humans have given people blood money. So it's an insult to think that way. We're talking about people that want to take up spaces, environments, regions, disciple nations. Look at somebody say it's not, it's not impossible. Says nothing will be impossible for you. Luke chapter 17, 5 to 6. And the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree. Do you see everything is speaking? Say. How did Caleb get his inheritance? 
How did Moses allocate thy inheritance by prophecy? What did Jesus say would happen to mountains? If you say, that's why I like people saying stuff when I'm preaching. I'm telling you, for me, it's an affirmation and confirmation that you're hearing the word. Because some people, one challenge is you're too quiet in everything. So you are sitting like Caleb in your heart. You are dying for the inheritance, but you won't ask for it. And that's the way some people hear it. In fact, there's a word of admonition and correction to somebody. Some of you, all through your life, you've watched things pass you by. In the beat of, if I'm really good enough, they will call me. Some things, no matter how good you are, you've got to say. Jesus was not ashamed. After John said he's the Lamb of God, he didn't say he has said it. He said, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, you have to use your mouth to announce your own prophecy. Yeah. They will notice me one day in a busy world. Blind Bartimaeus says, Son of David, have mercy on me. Watch this. After he comes to Jesus, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Not supposed to be specific. What's mercy? Mercy, mercy. Which mercy do you want? There's mercy for salvation. There's mercy for forgiveness of sins. There is mercy for your oversight. Which mercy do you want? Did Caleb didn't say, find me a mountain. He said, it is this one I want. God, give me Nigeria. God, give me the IT sector. God, give me nations. God, give me the ecology. God of the nation. God, give me the politics. God, give me this one. God, I want marriage. Which kind? Just try to imagine it. 45 years. Caleb must have thought to himself, the way this thing is going, I'm going to die with nothing. Joshua should know. They spy together. Now Joshua is walking his inheritance and allocating, dividing territories and this one and still saying there are more lands to conquer and all of that. Temida. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. Luke chapter 1, 35 to 37. Luke 1, 35 to 37. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son. In other words, Elizabeth is a witness to what's going to happen to you. Some of you, the way your life and your mind has been wired, you always need witnesses. So that's why in this house, the Lord will keep raising spearheads and witnesses. So when Shia shares about the, the hall that she's got in her office, it's not just, ah, Shia, congratulations. Ask yourself, some of you, you don't need an office space. You need a digital space. You need a website that will make you more millions than a physical space. Or you don't know. Some of my personal clients, 
We don't operate, we don't operate in physical spaces. They are virtual clients. Online, Zoom, WhatsApp, Facebook. Uh, not in the Facebook uh, for video stuff. So that territory is not always a physical space. Some of you, the territory you need is beside a king. Joseph. The king has grand and vague ideas. You have specific designs and blueprints. Somebody say, give me the, the, my mountain. So the spirit of the Lord will overshadow you. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the son. Now, old age. Watch this. Or watch that. In her old age. And this is now the sixth month. In other words, this territory thing, this mountain thing, once you understand it, it does not matter how old you are. If you are young in your spirit, you can seize it. You see many witnesses. Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Sarah. You see many witnesses. Zechariah, in this case, Elizabeth. You see many witnesses. That what God is looking for is the state of your heart. And those who are satisfied by money, you are not all that important in the grand scheme of God. I'm telling you, if your satisfaction is money, it's just the truth. You will retire early from the purposes of God. If it's money and fame and all of, all of that can happen phew, yeah. overnight. And the way it can come, it can go. Yeah. But when God gives you a space, it says a man's gift makes what? Room for him. Gives him space. It's territory that devil is fighting for. Space. Because the person that owns the space determines what can happen in that space. There was an office space that we saw, one of the about five or six places we've looked at, that we saw a, a meeting space for kings. Beautiful place. We love it. Love it. We went there, did negotiations, went back, sent Uche, so he went, as if we were different people. Even me, I went, carried my anointing. They went three or four times. So we got to the final owner. They said, sorry, but we don't want a, a shash in this place. Now, the owner of the space determines what happens there. Imagine your business growing to 10,000 people and every morning you can raise an anthem of praise before people start working. It is illegal for you to be in this house for up to three to six months and your greatest desire is I want to hammer. Are you a carpenter? Number two, when you say something is impossible, maybe what you mean is that it's not yet accessible. God said nothing shall be impossible. In other words, God is saying, I never want you to respond to any instruction I give you by saying it's not possible. I don't want that to cross your mind. I don't want you to think like that. I don't want your life to be regulated by sense knowledge. Maybe what you're saying is that it's not accessible to me. Now, it happens a lot. If I, you know what? <laughs> I remember something that happened many, many, many years ago. About, I think, 2010. Shortly after the debaters. So I went to speak somewhere. And my speaking fee was 100,000. And 
I remember speaking to some of other people who were on the debaters show with me, all brilliant speakers and orators and everything. And one of them said, ah, uh -uh, you want to speak somewhere and they give you 100,000 naira. Was gold coming out of your mouth? If not that you are damned, I won't have believed you because it's really not possible. In her world, it was not. In her world, it was not. What are you saying? Yeah. I understand why you should think, I mean, we're fresh out of school and all of those kind of things. Nobody really knows you, so all of a sudden give you 100,000. In her world, it was not possible. Now, the fact that something looks impossible in your world does not mean it's impossible in God's world. Because we define the boundaries of possibilities based on what is accessible to us. Like, ah, it's hard for God to give me, you know, I had to counsel somebody. She was doing runs. I said, you know what, I want to stop this and I messed up. He said, this guy, this guy, this guy, he gave me $70,000. To do what? For masters. No, but for, but for real, that was part of, I believe it was $7,000. Now, some of you, your mind cannot even contain it. Do you know why? Your heart is not large enough to accommodate a project of 70000 Your biggest need, one million, some of you. That means that your mind is still thinking pedestrian. Caleb didn't say, give me a patch a mound of fufu, a patch of ground, beans of begiri, plate of begiri. Say, so give me this mountain. So when you say it's impossible, maybe what you're saying is it's not accessible. Sir, do you know God can give you a grant of millions of naira? Somebody say it's possible. possible. The energy is coming up. If an aristo can give somebody $70,000, about 21 million or something or 20, about 25 million somebody says it's possible number three when you say something is not possible maybe what you're saying is I don't have the ability for it so to put it in context that number one of availability is don't say it's not possible find out where it's available it's available you remember that story God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, go and sacrifice him. And as we're going up the mountain, Isaac saw the fire. And Isaac saw the wood, he was carrying the wood. Is that Eskisa? From this setup, there's supposed to be a sacrifice. Where's the sacrifice? And it's so interesting because what it literally means is whenever you see everything and you don't see the sacrifice, maybe you are the sacrifice. When you look at a place and you can't see the solution, maybe you are the solution. When you think, look at a place and something looks missing, maybe it's the activation of your identity that is missing in that place. When you look in a place and you're wondering where is the organizer, maybe you're supposed to be the organizer. When you look in a place and you say there is no leader, maybe you're supposed to take up leadership in that place. He said, where is the sacrifice? Sometimes we are looking on the outside for the people that God has made us on the inside. You're looking externally for what God designed you to be internally. I love what 
Abraham said. He said, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. In other words, if God says something is going to happen, right, and you can't see it available, God will himself make it happen. What that means is, God will either create it or create that thing in you. Yeah. That's what happened with Mary. Luke chapter 1. Mary said, how can these things be? In other words, in my space, this thing is not available. See, now I do not know a man. What did God say? God said, I will become the, a man. Never say to God, when God gives you a prophecy, it's not possible. It's an insult. In the presence of Mike Adenuga, he says, from today, you will call without buying airtime. Sorry, sir. I respect you, but it's not possible. You're using glow. Do you know what airtime is? Do you know airtime is not a real thing? Airtime is just units. This is the same reason you understand that a car is just a unit of material elements. Oh, God. You don't need money to have airtime, do you? So you don't need money to own a car. Some of you are sort of like slow right now. As easy as it is for airtime to be transferred from your phone to another, God can transfer an instruction to somebody to drive a car to your house. Airtime is not a real... Do you know even your money in your bank is not a real thing? It's codes and figures and digits. So you've been busy running after money all your life. When somebody I know... I think Lamide will know the person too. Got some money transferred into his account, wired into, and he was very vulnerable. I needed money. So that thing happens. I was in the bank one day, and the lady was like, Ah, ever made that down one elderly woman? You fell, whoa, more carry hundred and I think 40,000. Account, me, 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 me. I didn't know them. I didn't know them, please. Somebody say it's possible. Number three, maybe you're saying ability. And this is what God does. When you don't seem to have the ability, God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always have an all sufficiency in how many things? In all things may abound unto every good work. Every good work is every work that God has called you to. So when you don't have the qualification, God gives you the ability. 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 The Bible says that they looked at Peter and the disciples and they were like this, we're unlearned men. But when the anointing comes upon you, even the things you've not read in the book, the things you've not seen anywhere, all of a sudden the anointing of God begins to bring out charisma and grace and favor and the and power and capacity. Somebody shout, I have the ability for it. This is what Paul meant by I can do all things. He's not saying I can fly, I can die and rise again. He's saying everything that God has called me to, I will not turn away from. This is what Caleb said. He said, I am as strong right now as I was 40 years ago because the prophecy strengthens me. As the angel was telling Mary that the Spirit of God will overshadow you. How, how was that happening? As the word was coming, the spirit was imparting her. Because the word is spirit and life. So some people, you think that God gives you the word. 
and then later I go and look for the spirit. <laughs> as the word is coming, the spirit is imparting you. And as the, the more you meditate on the word, the more you're engaging the ability of the spirit. Can you now understand why the devil will fight your Bible reading? He will fight it. Because if he cannot stop the initial deposit of the prophecy, he will stop the maturation of the prophecy in your heart. Because the word of God is a reflection of your inner ability. It's a mirror. That's what J James said. The word of God is a mirror. So when I look in the mirror, what do I see? So what do I see if I look in the mirror? See yourself. That means not looking into the Bible is not looking at myself. Now, how many ladies here feel comfortable going out without looking at themselves? Very few. Almost none. Why? Because when you look in the mirror, you're able to see what adjustments you need to make. To be able to look like the image you have in your mind. Have you seen somebody's makeup that was actually breakdown? And what came to your mind is, didn't she have friends? Do you understand? Like the eyebrow. She wants to live in the highbrow areas. Competing with the high, highbrow. The eyebrow is a high. <laughs> Pardon? 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 Let me tell you what, that's how many people here look in the spirit. Your features are not aligned. Because you're not looking in the word to see what adjustments to make. You're not seeing it. Number four, maybe what you're saying when you say it's not possible... Is I don't have the attention for it. In other words, it's there, but you're not paying attention. You know, Abraham said this. He said the Lord will provide himself a lamb. Now, not the Lord will provide himself a ram. If you look at it normally and casually, Josh, it looks like the Lord will go and bring a ram, which is actually the literal thing. But the prophetic reality is that the Lord will himself become the lamb. Because that's what he did on Calvary's cross. So the Moriah setup was a picture of Calvary. Oh my gosh. Abraham was a type of God the Father. Isaac carrying the wood is Jesus carrying the cross. Isaac obeying the Father. His Father is Jesus being obedient to the point of death. The mountain Moriah is a picture of the mountain Golgotha. The wood is a type of the cross. Isaac stretches himself on the cross. So, Father, receive my spirit. It's a picture. That's what I'm talking about. The mission of God. Everything is a picture of something. There's a picture of something. Picture. Christ is the substance of all. So, maybe what he's saying is the attention. Now, in that story, Jadi, observe this: that when they led, or Abraham led Isaac up to the mountain, and he took the sword or the knife, was about to kill his son. What did God say? God said. Abraham, do not kill the child. And lifted up his eyes, and the word says, behind him, he found a ram caught in the thicket. Isn't that interesting? 
that the Bible says when he lifted up his eyes behind him he saw the ram that means that the ram was already provided because the Bible says the ram was caught in a thicket but whilst Abraham walked past he walked past the provision because he was not paying attention to the ram and the only thing that could help him pay attention to the ram was paying attention to God because when you pay attention to the word of God in the present you will relocate the blessings you missed in the past oh my god oh, i gotta say that again so you can hear it the bible says the ram was caught in a thicket and it specifically says that the ram was caught behind him it means that abraham already walked past the ram without seeing it we don't see opportunities clearly until we see god clearly we don't see things clearly until we see God clearly. We don't see what we're called to until we see who we're called to. We don't see our true assignment until it's our obsession. The Bible says that Jesus called the disciples to be with him and that he might send them forth. Which means your effectiveness in being sent forth is rooted in your faithfulness in being with him. He says the moment he looked up when God called behind him. How do you see something behind you? Revelation gives you eyes behind your back. Oh my God, I feel like preaching to somebody right now. You lost some things in 2013. You lost some things in 2015. You lost some things in 2018. But as you pay attention to the voice of God, to the call of God, to the word of God, to the assignment God has given you in this season, you will see everything that you lost. Who am I talking to right now? Lord, open our eyes. Lord, open our consciousness. Lord, open our spirits. Lord, open up our minds to be able to find every ram caught in the thicket. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. It's not impossible. It is possible. You might need to look in a different direction. You might need to pay attention closely. You might need to pay attention to some people. You might need to pay attention to some places. You might need to pay attention to some scriptures. You've been reading the same thing over and over again. Some of you, God already showed you what your wife will look like, what your husband will look like. But every day you keep walking past the ram. You keep walking past the ram. You keep walking past the ram. But if you pay attention to God, is impossible maybe you're not paying attention to the things that make it possible Moses was in front of the Red Sea what did God say in other words pay attention to what's in your hand what God needed to make available here was not the pattern what was supposed to be accessible was not the Red Sea we were already accessing the Red Sea right now what was needed here was not human ability. There's no human being. No matter how great a swimmer you are, that you swim across and divide the, the sea. Some people are trying to swim a pattern into the sea when you need to pay attention to a rod and just lift it. Number five, gotta go for, for time's sake. When you say something is not possible, maybe what you're saying is, I don't have the audacity to claim it. Audacity means boldness of heart. Caleb! He 
had been eyeing that mountain. You don't just ask for a specific mountain if you've not been looking at it for a long time. But that's where some believers stop. You, you have a prophetic sense that God is leading this in a certain direction, but you don't have the audacity. Caleb could have been misrepresented, misunderstood. Some people are so scared because you think the person you're going to ask that thing from will misinterpret your intentions. Joshua could have been here, so you now want to be like me. You didn't even ask for valley, asking for mountain, so you can see everybody. Are you the supervisor? Prophecy is a pent prophecy. High rise. And you know, I in my rice. I rise. You want your eye in my rice. <laughs> audacity. Do you know that some prayers require audacity? Why would the apostle say, come boldly? If you can't come boldly before God, you've already lost it before men. Because the truth is, when you come boldly before God, he will give you bold instructions. Yes. Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Are you, are you alright? Moses, fugitive, you ran away because you killed somebody, and then you're even a stammerer. Now you must be smelling like sheep, because for 40 years, nobody even cares about you but sheep. You now have new perfume. Odor by sheep. Buy sheep. Some people won't get it. They get it like three weeks. Hey, oh, the perfume. When you come boldly before God, He will give you bold pictures. He will give you bold instructions. He will give you bold. You have the audacity to wage war with the prophecy that God has given you. Because this possession is not just a mental acquisition. It's going to require a stretching of your capacity. It's going to require boldness. You have to stand before CEOs and MDs that you don't feel you should even be in the same space with. And this is why many people shrink. They're like, mm, me, I just like the easy life. No, you are scared. I don't want to be on television. Oh. Ah. Everybody will be looking at me. Give me this mountain. Why did he ask for the mountain? Because the mountain gives you a vantage position. Audacity. You must have audacity. Jesus went and gave them the pattern to pray. And it's interesting that Jesus told them, when you pray, pray like this. But do you know the interesting thing is? When look through the Bible, we never find Jesus following that pattern. <laughs> have you noticed? Before Lazarus' grave, did he say, my father, who are in heaven, let your kingdom come to this grave now. Bring did, you, did you see that? Talk to me, guys. Because whilst it's a good pattern, I'm not saying God gave them one thing, I used another thing. 
God never wanted your life and relationship with him to be boxing and regimented. He wanted to be a free-flowing form. It was not Jesus that said, okay, this is how you must pray. He said, teach us to pray. So, okay, you want a, a regular blueprint or routine? Follow this. But your life itself is supposed to be so intensely in tune with the Spirit of God that you are engaging the kingdom of God on the regular. This message is too deep for some people. Some people are, I, just tell me how to make money. After we hammer, I will build the Lord the Ark of the Covenant with my carpentry skills. That's old school. <laughs> but here's the thing Jesus said, Pray, thy kingdom come. If you want to ask, shouldn't you start by asking for bread? kingdom try to think about it don't think about it with your new testament understand try to understand these are teenagers they own nothing peter said we've left all to follow you they own nothing in fact many of them by virtue of their decision had excused themselves from their father's inheritance plan But when Jesus teaches them to pray, he does not say, ask for small things. He says, start by asking, God, your kingdom, come. He's trying to blow their minds. Are you understanding this? So, so are you getting this? Are you sure? Because it looked like your mind went to London. Then now put bread somewhere. He said, ask for the kingdom. And it's, it's harder. Fear not, little flock. Why would he say fear not? He said, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you what? Somebody say audacity. audacity. Now, any audacity that is not rooted in prayer is going to fall and end up in shame. This audacity has to be in the place of prayer. Oh my God. The place of engaging the word of God. That's why even after he came to uh, Joshua, the Bible says that Joshua still blessed him, still prayed, and gave him as an inheritance. Number six. Maybe what you're saying is you don't have the authenticity for it. So maybe you're asking for something. Maybe you are a lion asking to be able to swim inside water. Maybe you are a fish asking to be able to fly. That's authenticity. In other words, if it's not in line with your calling and you're praying for it, it's at best a misguided request or at worst covetousness. Caleb didn't say, I just feel this mountain belongs to me. I sense. If you look at the mountain shape, it looks like my ogre. Doesn't say that. He said you were there. Moses said it by prophecy. And God said it to Moses. Authenticity. What does it mean? This is coming from my core. Jesus said, Come in the volume of the books, is written on me to do your will of God. Jesus saw Elijah, remember? Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17. Elijah and Moses. And what was
was he discussing? The Bible says that he discussed with them matters concerning his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's what he was discussing. He was not asking Elijah, so I need to take my ministry on another level. How did you call down fire? Teach me. I want to start baptizing people with fire. They were witnesses. Their people will learn from. But you know what? Whatever you learn must be a witness to what is written concerning your life. Because there are those of us who have lost ourselves in the beat to replicate a past that God is no longer working with. And then it takes you years and years and years and years to finally discover that I was not supposed to be like that. And finally, maybe what you're saying is I don't have the authority for it. Because what has happened to some of us is that we have seen the mountains that God has allocated to us, but we have not honored the authority structure. Caleb didn't say, this mountain, you're mine. Ah! Mountain dew. As this mountain is due me. My hair is due. <laughs> what did he do? He went to the authority in the space. Who was the authority? Joshua. He didn't say, it's Josh now, my guy. We started ministry together. We've been around since. I wonder how many people's ministries, lives, destinies are on pause because they refuse to acknowledge the authority in that space. Isn't it interesting that they, they did not even gain access into Jericho without first of all meeting up with somebody who had a dimension of influence in that place? Rahab? <laughs> Isn't it interesting? That Paul was not just sent, you can play, that Paul was not just sent to the Gentile nation, but that Paul was a Roman citizen, so he was a witness. Now, the reason God uses you as a witness is also so that you can be a witness for God in the day of judgment. Because people that will say, ah, I couldn't do it because I was a Gentile, will say, look, but look at Paul. I couldn't do it because I'm a single child, but look at that one. I couldn't do it because I was ripped, but look at that one. So that nobody will have any excuse when they stand before God. If God gives you a word and you're thinking it's impossible, check one of the seven areas. It's one of them that's giving you concern. Maybe you feel, I don't have the ability. What will you do? Lord, grace for the ability. Or maybe I need to bring somebody who has the skill set and the competence to help me be a foreigner in that space. Or maybe you're like, authenticity, and God is saying, it's yours, but you don't feel like I'm the kind of person. That means God has to reconfigure your mind to come in that space. I want, to, want us to pray at this time. Even in prayer, doing slow motion.
this mountain this message is for those who still know there's a mountain in their future somehow it's okay if you don't get it now I know there's some messages that you need a few years to get because your stage of life is different that actually happens it's true. It's, you know, your stage of life can affect what you expect. It's like telling somebody who's 13 about antenatal classes. She can't get it. She, as in, she just can't. It's just be an idea. Living thing, you know what I'm saying? But for some of you, it is what you need right now. For those of you who can't get it, just make a mental note of it. Put it in your spiritual storehouse. Write it down. When you need it, when you get to that stage of life, it will come forth. Because we don't have a long time. Can somebody pray from the heart? The Bible says, Caleb said, I spoke from my heart. Why? Because the heart is the womb of your spirit. If it does not have roots in your heart, it can't have manifestation, sustained manifestation in your life. If it ever shows up in your life, it will be temporary. It will be a flashing experience. Lord, help us to know what's available in Christ. Help us to know what's available. 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 Help us to know the dimensions of increase, of wisdom, of revelation, of knowledge, of ability, of capacity, of graces available in Christ. Mango Zatabara, Katosia, Rekotovile Barrio Sindalaga. Help us to know what's accessible by Christ. And help us to know how to access what you have made provision for. Stir up our inner abilities. Our inner abilities. Our inner abilities. Jota gato que zienda ba que le dobre zuvelia talagande. Zuzei zizagatale brogotolia sida balagadish. Take this personnel. Nobody's going to pray with you on this. Caleb said, Give me this mountain. He didn't say, Give us. You have already given us. You have already given us a tribe. Or as a tribe. But now, give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me the kings of the earth. Give me the kings who don't know they are kings yet. Give me the kings that are social economic kings but they haven't met the real king. Give me the nations of the earth. Somebody ask the Lord help me to pay attention. Every day there are opportunities. Every day there are instructions. Every day there is provision. But are you paying attention? Mahatas. Pray the next one. Attention. How many things have passed you by? Because you didn't notice. You didn't notice this one. You didn't notice that one. Bartimaeus would have remained blind if he didn't pay attention to the sound. Some of you, the sounds are changing in your space, but you're not paying attention. 
Jesus said that when you see the sky that is red, you know it's summer. In other words, the, have, the farmer who doesn't pay attention will not see the harvest. He said when you see that the harvest is white with snow, you know it's ripping season. White like snow rather. You shouldn't be the last to know. You shouldn't be the last to notice. You shouldn't always be the person trying to recover, trying to catch up, trying to make up. Now pray for audacity. Make me bold. Solomon was bold. He asked God for wisdom. What are you asking God for? It's time to make bold requests. Do you know how bold Joshua was? Joshua commanded the sun, stand still. That's audacity. To tell the sun to stand still means that you're saying, God, interrupt the proceedings of the whole planet because of this mission. Wow. Interrupt. Interrupt. The flow of events for this assignment. Finally, as the Lord placed me under authority. Help me to recognize the authority you've placed me under. Authority in the church. Authority at home. Authority in school. Somebody had to take David to Saul before he could kill Goliath. He didn't just run off to kill Goliath. He had to be authorized. You've been trying to kill giants. In Jesus' name we've prayed. The interesting thing about this particular point is that sometimes the people you need to get authority from don't have the ability to do what you're asking for the authority to do. Saul couldn't kill Goliath. But David needed his authorization. John said it. I'm not worthy to unleash this guy's sandals. I baptize with water, it's going to baptize the Holy Ghost and fire. But Jesus said that all righteousness be fulfilled. Are you following this? Paul was led to Ananias, right? The teacher. For how many days? Nine days or something like that. Ananias didn't do half. But God said, now that you've had an encounter with me, I'm leading you to somebody. It's the divine order. Rahab was a prostitute. But all the spies with their eyes seen everywhere, they needed her. It's the system of God. So the, all those, I don't need anybody, I don't need anybody, I don't, you don't understand how God works. You need people. Somebody preaches the gospel to you. Somebody will teach you. Somebody will lead you. Somebody will lay hands on you. Some people that will lay hands on you might not be as gifted as you, but you need the impartation that comes from that. So this is a very sensitive point. And let me tell you what, this is one of the things that the Antichrist is going to do. The devil, the Antichrist. There's already, the Antichrist is already in the world. There's a spirit of the Antichrist in the world. But somebody's going to embody uh, much of his gifts and all of that. So that's what that person is what I, I mean by the Antichrist, son of perdition. Now, one of the things that the Antichrist spirit is doing is that he's destroying authority structures. So at home, why do you have to be man and woman? Man and woman, they are exactly the same thing. No order, nothing. Is an antichrist spirit. In church, what do you mean? Everybody say, do anything, act anyhow, dress anyhow, wear anything. 
So it's going to keep doing that, schools, homes, everywhere, so that there will be one. And look at, look at the Bible. Look at Herod. Look at Pharaoh. Don't serve any other god but us. It's an Antichrist spirit. So, so that everybody will bow to an idol, and that idol will be uh, golden and glittering. In other words, will have the appeasement of the world. Will be shiny and shimmery. So money is going to be money through entertainment. So the biggest stars, the biggest this one and that one, will be endowed with glory. But this is what I want to pray, Father, from today. My allegiance is not to any other authority but the ones you've placed over my life. Because many people have bowed to altars that carry no spiritual fire. Help me to recognize and honor the authority structures in my life. Caleb and Joshua were contemporaries. But Caleb went to Joshua and said, give me this mountain. To give means that it was agreeing, that it was in the hand of Joshua. Everything you need is in the hands of somebody. Either as a material thing or as an instruction that you'll be given by them. Or an opportunity they will make available for you. Or as a revelation that they will share with you. Most times the revelation will come from God. The instruction will also come from him. But you will need other men to help you implement it. And most times the opportunity will not come from God. Rather to come from God. But it will be men that will make the opportunity available. Finally, begin to affirm the mission God has for my life is not impossible. Affirm it in prayer. Can you pray like you have a real mission? Yes, I can reach the brokenhearted. Yes, I can build a home for the widows. Yes, I can raise the single ladies. Yes, I can do the prison's outreach. Yes, I can travel to the nations. Yes, I can host... The television show, yes. It's not impossible. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for your word that is powerful. The word said is living and active. Thank you that that word has activated something in our spirits today. It has stirred up, awakened, unveiled, deep treasures. And Father, for many who are like Caleb today, we thank you that yet again a sense of mission is being stoked. The light of vision is shining upon their hearts. Father, from today we begin to ask, let there be an untold dimension of possibility thinking. That when we hear a promise and a prophecy from you, we will never say it's impossible. But we will open our hearts to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We take the mountains allocated to us. We turn away from selfish ambition to divine mission. From man-made ideas to divine promise. And we say, yes, Lord. To the authors amongst us. Yes, to the books. Yes to the songs. Yes to the orphanages. Yes to the hospitals. Yes to the businesses. Yes to the outreaches. Yes to the souls that must be saved. We say yes, Lord. We bind the spirit of unbelief. Of fear. Of trepidation. 
of doubt and we're cast into the dry places of the earth. Let the rain of faith fall. Let faith from within us rise. Let there be a string of conquests. It is possible. It is possible. It is possible. Growth still disappear. It is possible. We give you praise, Father. Strangers still bless people. It is possible. People still live in houses they did not build. It is possible. People still possess cities. It is possible. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. He is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.